Happy New Year from all here at the FT Lol podcast. It's 2022 and we're starting off with an episode I've been wanting to do for some time. Today we'll be looking at the top 10 Irish players in Premier League history. And joining me on this one, I had to get a proper Irishman in. And it's Connell from the Bar Stoolers podcast. How are you doing, Connell? Not too bad at all. Thanks very much for having me on and uh, looking forward to getting into this list. Nice one. Before we, we get started, do you just want to let the guys know a little bit about uh, your podcast and where we can find you? Uh, yes, yeah, so we are the, the Bar Stoolers podcast and we're a podcast in all things football, really. Uh, last year, we were just Premier League, but... We decided to sort of broaden our horizons this year and so enable us to talk about all things football. Generally speaking, because we're English football fans and Irish football fans, we'll stick to them. But it doesn't mean that we don't talk about all the big news stories coming from around Europe and even South America, etc. Um, so, yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, then great. We also do something similar to yourselves. Sometimes we'll do lists. Sometimes we'll do 11s. The 11s can get pretty bonkers. We did yeah. one on the Turkish Turkish Super League 11, which sounds uh-huh. like maybe an 11 of the best Turkish Super League players, but it isn't even. It's just players that you would have thought had played in Turkey. Didn't really matter if they did or not. You know, someone like uh, you know, Demba Ba, he's pure Turkish Super League. So we try to focus on the funnier side of football as well. Nice. And, uh, you can find us on Twitter, Ash Barstoolers, and on Instagram, Ash Barstoolers Pod. Yeah, I know you, you've done one recently, haven't you, on uh, overrated footballers and yeah, there was a few. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne was on there, weren't there? As one, so I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I kind of agree, to be fair, on that. I think he's a little bit overrated, but um, yeah, I, I've given your stuff a listen. And you're you're a Dundalk fan, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah, so I'm I'm an Arsenal fan. So we we oh, played you, nice. didn't we, a couple of times in the the Europa? Yeah. So that Brilliant. was that was good. Yeah. yeah. So um, you'll have you'll have experience in in looking at some of these guys and yeah I wanted to get someone on that that kind of knew what they were talking about in not just the Premier League but like just the Irish game in general as well so yeah I think I think you'd be a good guess but if if we get straight into it then who have you got at number 10? Number 10 I've got um, a long servant to the Premier League sometimes he's turned into a bit of a joke at times because he had the unwanted record of the most ever Premier League own goals. I think that was eclipsed by Jamie Carragher, I believe. I um, think their level, was, I think I know you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, Richard Dunn. Again, he turned into a bit of a meme, but it can be easily forgotten how good he was, especially if you're not Irish. If you mm. didn't watch him playing for the Irish national team, he was an absolute legend. Um, he's got over 400 Premier League appearances, and he actually was in the Premier League team of the year as recently as 2010. I know it's nearly 12 years ago now, but, you know, it's in, it's what I can remember, certainly, as uh, I was only about 10 years old at that stage. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, Richard Dunn, fantastic servant of the Premier League and probably quite underrated, especially if you're not, if you're not Irish, because you probably don't spend too much time thinking about him. Mm. Yeah, I've actually got him at 10 as well. So, yeah, I've I've got the same thing in mind that he's probably, unfortunately, best remembered for that own goals record. But he was, when he was at Man City... 
he was getting their player of the season a few times and you know he was one of their better players I know it's not the Man City that we've, we've got today and then so it's more about them than him I think yeah possibly yeah but then he went to Villa and Villa were good back then you know mm. that was when they had like Ashley Young and John Carew and stuff and again I think he got he got player of the season for them there one or t- two times and as you said got in the team of the year really just an old school centre-back could work in a certain system like I'm not I'm not sure he'd be able to do a job today but you know maybe with, with times changing he, he he would adapt but yeah I, I actually got the same on that Richard Dunn mm-hmm. at 10 says I think he is as you said yeah he's looked at a bit of a joke figure but really reliable defender for sure he only has so many own goals because he had so many appearances really mm. over 400 yeah yeah yeah, so who have you got at number nine? At number nine, it was uh, many times during his Irish career as partner in crime at the back. It's John O'Shea. Uh, okay. Probably a little bit, possibly too low down the list, but I've only got him at nine because although he played a lot for United, he was never really that important of a player, an important squad player by all accounts, but he was never really an elite player, you could say. Um, mm. But again... Very, very reliable. Ferguson loved him. He actually went on and played quite a lot at Sunderland. Uh, now that I was looking at his appearance of figures. I thought he was only there for a season or two, but no, he was there for four or five seasons. And again, over 400 appearances, lots and lots of appearances for the Irish national team. And yeah, I think if you have over, I think it's over 250 anyway, appearances for Ferguson's United, you know, you've got something about you. And um, so yeah, John O'Shea at number nine. Yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, if Fergie constantly was getting rid of players recycling his mm-hmm. teams and stuff and O'Shea managed to kind of stay in there in and around the camp so yeah you've got to be a good player and you've got to have the right sort of mentality behaviours and stuff as well to to stay around I had him at number seven actually just for for what he won and although mm-hmm. he wasn't playing every week I seem to remember him playing a fair bit in the big game certainly against us anyway um, and yeah. I know this isn't Premier League but Champions League, he got a winning goal in the semi-final. So that that yeah. kind of shows he's got some some big game pedigree. And I think it was was it him and Wes Brown both went to Sunderland yes. together and had yeah. a little partnership there. But utility man when he mm-hmm. centre back, right back, thinking rocked up in goal at, at one or two times yes. as well. So <laughs> yeah, I think he was really good for Ireland as well. Like definitely one of Ireland's better players. And you know, back in the the early noughties and stuff had a great team too, but he he still was was one of the top players there. So yeah, I've, I've got him a little bit higher, but yeah, again, it's a good shout. I think um, I think there's going to be a lot of similar similar names on this list. Uh, by the way, we've started. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Who, who have you got at number eight? Number eight again, probably hard done by because he was a very talented player. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see him play. He was before my time, but he, he's from my local town here in Dundalk, and that's Steve Staunton. Um, he went on to have an ill-fated uh, managerial career with Ireland as well. Yeah, actually, yeah. very briefly with Darlington, which a lot of people don't. Was see he the around, manager but... for the um, the San Marino game? One, yes, one two one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Still won, but yeah, and um, lost five two to Cyprus. I think. I think that mm. was his last game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, and just you know, somewhat again, in uh, similar to Richard Dunn, maybe a 
a figure of sort of mockery more so here in Ireland because of how poor his reign with the the national team went. But um, but yeah, it's easy to forget how good of a player he was for Aston Villa and Liverpool, more so for Aston Villa. Um, but yeah, he won you know, a, a title with um, with Liverpool. Admittedly, not a Premier League one, but just before the Premier League, he won a couple of League Cups with Aston Villa, and again, lots of appearances at left back. Uh, and centre-back as his career went on. And I think the fact he, he played for Liverpool, then he went to Villa, then was re-signed by Liverpool, and then was re-signed by Villa. Mm. So these teams always wanted him back. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a real leader. That's why he ended up actually getting the managerial job, but despite having no coaching experience. Mm. Um, but yeah, a brilliant, brilliant player. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about Ireland and fullbacks as well. There's so mm. many top, top fullbacks. Uh, in in the Premier League, like he's one of these players that I feel like he retired in the nineties, but he didn't, did he? He he played no. until like almost the mid two thousands. But yeah, I, I, he didn't make my list actually. But I think because I've probably underestimated the amount of appearances that he's mm-hmm. actually he's actually played. So yeah, when when we do the joint one at the end, I think that, that's definitely one one to consider. Um, yeah, I, I think I remember him most for his his Villa days as well, yeah. rather than his his Liverpool ones. But yeah, good good left foot on him, and he's part of that the Ireland the great Ireland teams in the the World Cup when it in the in the nineties and stuff as well. Yeah. So yeah, all the World Cups. Yeah. Oh, even oh two did he make he made that as well? Yeah. yeah. Centre back. Yeah, he was captain in Roy Keane's place. Mm. That's, that's probably a story for another day. Um, Indeed, yeah. But yeah, yeah. That's a that's a top shout, and yeah, it's it's weird. Like even even now, um, Ireland haven't got the team that that they they used to have, but there's still some top sort of fullbacks that mm. they've got. Like Matt Doherty in in the right system, he's pretty good. Is it uh, Ender Stevens as well? Yeah, left back. Yeah, good player. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's there's some more sort of coming through as well. So yeah, it's I think that it's probably doesn't get talked about much because of England and their plethora of right backs, but <laughs> Ireland have, have certainly got a lot as well there. Yeah, so my my number eight is a player that I think would have played with Staunton at club level for a bit. Oh, I, I kind of feel like it's too low, but I've strictly done it on Premier League. Um and it's Paul McGrath. So if yeah. I was doing like not even Premier League, if I was doing Ireland's all-time players, including you know people like Liam Brady and and David mm. O'Leary and stuff, McGrath would be higher than eight for sure. Like it's just because he played like four or five seasons in the Premier League, and when I do these things, longevity does come into it. But like, obviously he was one of the top centre backs at the time. I think he won the the PFA Player of the Year in the first year of the Premier yeah. League as well. You hear top strikers talk about him like he's a, you know, one of the toughest defenders they ever played against. Real, you know, Rolls Royce of a defender. Let's let's throw that word in there. Yeah. So he's he's eight based on appearances more than anything. Um, but okay. from your reaction, uh, I'm anticipating he's going to be a little bit higher for you. He is, yeah. 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 <laughs> So have you got a seven? Seven, again, I was actually surprised at how difficult it was to do this list. It possibly should be higher, but 
I'm basing this off the fact that I really only got the tail end of his career when I started watching football. He was mm. just past his peak when I got into it. That's Damien Duff. Um, oh, again, oh, wow. If okay. you're on about longevity, he's got that. But I mean, I'm certainly led to believe uh, that he was a wonderful, wonderful player. Yeah. And again, he was playing in those top Chelsea sides. They, um, Jose Mourinho loved him. Ferguson was after him from, for United. He's went on record and said that. Um, and was just absolutely mercurial, you could call him. Um, but again, when I got into football, he was at Newcastle. Then he was going to Fulham. And he was just all right. He was just okay. He, he still had the technical ability, but the pace was gone. Yeah, He wasn't much use, really, for, for Ireland. And he was steady, but not spectacular. That's probably why you have him a bit lower down. Do you, do you have him higher up or? I have him a little else? bit. I have him a little bit higher. I won't, I won't say yet, but I would say Damien Duff is probably the last world class player that Ireland have had because mm. I think when Roy Keane was kind of on his way out of United, you probably say at that point he wasn't wasn't world class anymore, and Duff was mm. Duff was like one of the best two or three wingers in the Premier League when he was at Chelsea. I think, you know, he might be remembered better for Blackburn, possibly. Mm. Um, but he was he was devastating at Chelsea as well. Like, could, to play on either wing, just as good. Yeah, proper tricky, tricky winger. I don't, I don't remember him having loads of good games for Ireland, though. Like, as, as you say, like, yeah. he seemed Not to be more... Not many goals, even, really, yeah. Yeah, he just did it, did it more at club level, really. But, yeah, I really like Damien Duff. And... Also, not you know this this doesn't have an impact on my ranking, but on Pro Evo six he was unstoppable <laughs> as well. <laughs> it was, it was like that was on where Adriano was like yeah. ninety nine shot power and stuff. But Damien Duff was one of the best players on that game as well. So yeah. I, I used to use Ireland and just beat all my mates playing that. <laughs> and that's when Steve Stone was manager. <laughs> hmm. Was it still Brian Kerr? That's it. No, no, I think it was just Stone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I'll it'll, it'll be coming up soon uh, on mine. But at, at number seven, I think I said already, I've got I've got John O'Shea there. Um, yeah. So yeah, just anyone that that Fergie trusts for that long has got to be got to be up there, really. But, uh, mm. So number six, who have you got for that? I've got probably a less spectacular, well, certainly a less spectacular player than Damien Duff, but he's just got that consistency and that longevity, as you said. He's been captain of Everton for a few years now, Seamus Coleman. Uh, you know, again, as a young enough Ireland supporter, he's mm. kind of been there more or less since the start. I kind of would forget what an Ireland side looks like without Seamus Coleman. It's just his leadership, his passion, his intensity, his consistency over the years. And he probably would have had quite a lot more Premier League appearances if it wasn't for injury and stuff. Yeah. He generally is maxing out at about 30 appearances a season here from looking at his, his career. But yeah, so consistent. Any manager that works with him absolutely loves him, whether it be Ancelotti or, you know, or Stephen Kenny for Ireland. Um, they absolutely, and, and Benitez now, of course, uh, they absolutely love him. And so consistent, so many Premier League appearances. And a captain of... You know, you have to say Everton, they, you know, they get a lot of stick, but like they're a top Premier League side, all things considered. Mm. So it's not easy to to stay there for years. And they've brought in other players to maybe challenge him at, at times. And he's just always fought off the competition. He's always remained the first choice. And uh, I really admire Seamus Coleman. Yeah, I think he's he's a top player as well. Like he's he's been one of the best fullbacks 
in the Premier League for for years, and I'm surprised a Man United or someone didn't didn't snap him up really at the time. Yeah. He's been linked for a number of years, hasn't he? Um, yeah, Bayern Munich at one stage was it as well? Yeah, mm. yeah, really good player, and yeah, to be playing today still, he's got that got that longevity. He's probably knocking on the door as one of the highest appearance makers now for Ireland, isn't it? So. Yeah, he probably wouldn't be far off um, a century anyway. But I just remember that Trapattoni never liked him. So he mm. didn't really start playing consistently until about 2013. Yeah. So. My number six, I've got Ian Hart. Yeah. Another another fullback. Really good free kicks. That's probably the main the main thing that, that people think about for him. But yeah, solid, solid stall in that lead side for a number of years. And yeah, just... Again, it's one I don't really remember him making too many mistakes, despite the fact that he was quite attacking. Um, you know, you had him and you had another Irish fullback on the other side as well, Gary Kelly for a bit. So that was that was a good time for Ireland for fullbacks again. But yeah, I, I think out of the two, I preferred Ian Hart a little bit, a little bit more yeah. spectacular. And I think he went he went to Levante for a bit when, when Leeds got relegated, which was a really odd move at the time. Because mm. people, British and Irish players, didn't really go abroad at, at that sort of time. So it was a, a very strange one, but I remember him still banging in free kicks there as well. And yeah, just a proper nostalgic pick, that one proper player from my childhood. So mm. yeah, glad to have him on the list. Um, yeah, you say about you know Ireland having good fullbacks. My home county has a good record of fullbacks. I live in County Louth, of course, and yeah. uh, there's only about a hundred thousand people. But we have had the likes of Steve Staunton, uh, Ian Hart, and Gary Kelly. Uh, wow! So yeah, not bad for nice, the smallest county in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm missing someone else there as well, but I don't think so. Mm. Yeah, will I do my number five? Yeah. Uh, yeah, my number five is an absolute stalwart of the Premier League. Probably starting to be a little bit forgotten, but he was just a perennial figure in the mind of Premier League fans for years. Shea Given. Got another Same dummy goal, man, at yeah. five. Yeah, just um, such a good goalkeeper. Played so many games, 451 appearances. Uh, played for Newcastle for years. Went to City, didn't really go so well. Ended up in City with um, his career with City and Villa. Uh, but yeah, top goalkeeper. So, so consistent, as I said, and it's, it's hard not to have Shea given. Um, again, I've probably seen just past his peak, but, you know, probably one of the best Premier League goalkeepers ever, if you're talking about quality and consistency. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he's got he's got to be the best one to to never win the Premier League, for sure. Mm. And it wasn't the biggest, was he? But he made some amazing saves. And, you know, he, he was keeping people like Joe Hart, and Kasper Schmeichel out of the team at City, and obviously at Newcastle, where where he's best remembered. Uh, he had some great times there, and I think that's another one where they massively dipped because of two players, really, him and Shearer. When when they both left, Newcastle went from being top four, top six side to fighting relegation every year. Proper safe pair of hands, really. Um, and yeah, I I didn't really see much of. Uh, Packy Bonner and in the nineties, but you know he was very highly rated, and I think Shay Givens come in and probably rated higher than him now, uh, which which has got taken some doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's hard to say really who's better. I think 
because we never really got to see Packy Bon or only people of a certain age. But yeah, mm. uh, he yeah yeah I probably have given over. I've I've just realised I've I think I've missed out my number nine. Um, but that was that was Coleman. I did have Coleman in it in at nine. Oh uh, yeah, by the look yeah by the looks of it. But yeah, we're we're into the the top five now. Um, and yeah, your your number four. Who have, who have you got? Number four, it's impossible not to have this man in at some stage. Some people always question his ability. Even here in Ireland, some people question, was he overrated? But, you know, the numbers don't lie. The facts don't lie. He scored an awful lot of goals. It's Roy, uh, not Roy Keane, sorry. It's Robbie Keane. Um, okay. Yeah, played with a few different Premier League sides. Lots and lots of goals, over 100 goals, which is uh, an elite club, I suppose. Played for, who did he play for? He's played for Spurs. He played for Wolves. Coventry for a bit, West Ham for a little bit, Aston Villa for a little he's bit. He's played for all his boyhood clubs. <laughs> yes, exactly. Each club more important to him than the other. Yeah, so so many goals. I actually get up his exact amount of goals here. Um, but yeah, it's hard to deny him. And again, when I started following Ireland, goals were at a premium. Uh, and it was just him mm. really low scoring goals. And as soon as he's retired, we've really struggled. Getting better now getting better now, but really struggled for a couple of years for schools. Yeah. He's, he's absolutely yeah. smashed the record to bits because I think mm. Noel Quinn had the record at, I don't know if it's 23 or 32, something like that. and Something like 21 or something, yeah. Robbie Keane's got like 68 goals or something. And yeah. he's one of, not the top scorers in, you know, Britain and Ireland, he's one of the top scorers in world football. Like this, He, was always, he had the record for a while, yeah. The most international goals, yeah. I think. Um, he was one of them that always... Oh, his qualification, but he was always near the top of the charts for that. Um, as an Arsenal fan, it's hard yeah. for me to to like a Tottenham player, but I really like Robbie Keane. Like I'm, I've got Irish roots, so I I've been supporting Ireland sort of you know pretty since the O2 World Cup when I was getting into football, and Robbie Keane has has given me some great memories. Um, and yeah, he just always turned up for his country. And I, I know this is about Premier League, but I just thought he was a top striker and. Not just could do the stuff in the penalty box. He was a good link-up player as well. He really had a great relationship with Berbatov, but also with Defoe. Oh. Like Defoe didn't score as many goals when Robbie Keane wasn't in the side. And yeah, just I think he's the only um, the only Irishman to be in the hundred club as well for the yeah. Premier League, and that's probably not going to change anytime soon. I wouldn't have thought. No, not definitely. Not. No, but he he is a little bit higher for me. Uh, on on mine, but my my four we've spoken about earlier as well is Damien Duff. So yeah, that's yeah. another one where when I was sort of first getting into football, he was one of the top boys really in in the Premier League, and you always knew he was going to move from Blackburn to to one of the sides. You just didn't know which one, but it ended up being Chelsea. So yeah, yeah, yeah. top player. Yeah. So you're number three. My number three, we've alluded to earlier. Um, I give you a funny look here on the, the call. Paul <laughs> McGrath. Um, yeah. Like, again, obviously, I'm too young to have seen him play at all. But just the way he's spoken about is like, uh, you know, as Aston Villa fans would call him, like God. Hmm. Like, he was yeah. just so, so, like, massive. Like, he, he's a, you wouldn't quite say he's a legend of United, again, because he played for them. Premier, pre-Premier League anyway mm. but he's certainly a cult hero but he had some issues 
that led Ferguson to selling them because Ferguson yeah. ultimately felt it was too too much of a risk, really. Um, so you went to Villa, and w- whatever happened there, he, he had his head well screwed on and became an elite, elite defender. Um, again, as you said, won the first ever Premier League PFA Player of the Year. Uh, actually went on, I think he played until the late 90s. He went to Derby County. Uh, I'm not really sure how, how well that went from, but just the way he's spoken about is like a mythical figure. And mm. um, even if you look at some of the clips scene, you know, you can see how good he was. And I think he really would have, um, he really would have translated to the modern game. I feel like he'd be even more appreciated because his pace and his strength, as well as his just natural defending abilities, he had it absolutely, he had it all. Mm. had it all and again Aston Villa a big club you know he's up there with their greatest ever players and I don't think you can you can take that away from him so that's why you have him so high yeah I think I think I'll probably have put him a little bit low at eight on mine I, it was yeah it was purely because of he hasn't played that long in the Prem maybe compared to some of the others but yeah I know that in terms of how good he was he was a lot better than some of the players that I've put on a yeah. bit higher than, you know, the likes of John O'Shea and and things like that. And yeah, interesting. You mentioned about the, the issues and like Fergie and stuff. Cause yeah, Ron Atkinson signed him again, didn't he? Cause Ron Atkinson was um, at United before Fergie got there. Mm-hmm. And then he, he took him to Villa when he, when he was manager of Villa too. So yeah, maybe he just needed a certain type of manager. Uh, Ron Atkinson was, Certainly a bit of a, a character uh, like, but you know, to 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 do what he did as well with, with some of them them sort of alcohol issues and stuff, a bit a bit like, you know, one of one of Arsenal's legends, Tony Adams as well, to to kind of come through that and continue to play at such a high level as well is something that, that you've got to admire as well, really. Yeah, yeah. so good. I've met him a couple of times as well. Lovely, lovely oh, have you? Okay. How was he? Good. That's absolutely saying really, yeah. really nice fellow, yeah. Good. Yeah, they say you should never meet your hero, but yeah, obviously not not always the case. <laughs> yeah. My number three, I've got a feeling it's going to come for you soon as well, uh, Dennis Irwin. So, yeah, yeah. Um, just uh, he's one of these players, he doesn't get talked about anywhere near as much as he should, maybe because of the emergence of Ashley Cole, but yeah, what he could do with, with the football as well for a fullback in a time when the Premier League was a bit old fashioned. And, you know, this is another guy that to be playing in a Fergie side for so long um, and, and starting every week. And he was definitely, for me, the more impressive out of like the fullbacks that United had, Irwin and Neville and, well, the two Nevilles, isn't it? I, yeah, I think Irwin was the much better football player. Um, good, good free kick taker as well. And funny one that he was, you know, he's right footed, but he played at left back. You didn't really see that that much, and that just shows as well. Like to be the best left back in the league, and you're on your weaker foot, is is crazy, really. If, if he had been playing at right back, he, he could have been even better potentially. Mm. Yeah, no, um, I've got him actually at number two. As yeah, you said, you yeah, yeah. Pro- probably would have had him. Yeah, probably somewhat biased because he's a, a United player as well. But I mean, again, obviously I, I didn't get to see him, but 
you look at highlights and just see what a classy player he was. Again, as that right footed left back. And again, he, he was on a lot of set pieces as well, which really spoke to his technical ability. Mm. Uh, he's got quite a few goals as well. He's got um, 18 Premier League goals, which isn't bad at all for a fullback. Um, again, so consistent. Uh, I remember actually it was when United were trying to sign Eric Cantona. It came just because Leeds rang Ferguson or Martin Edwards or whoever. You know, they got through to me first, I suppose. And we're basically inquiring about Dennis Irwin and Ferguson was like, absolutely not. That's I heard not that on, um, them. I think there was a documentary or something about about that. And yeah, yeah. I heard that on there. Yeah. Yeah. No, Ferguson absolutely loved him. And you can see that through his, his amount of appearances. So consistent. It was actually one season here in 1994 where he played 62 games in all competitions. Again, just Mr. Reliable, you know, seven out of 10 every week at least. Mm. And probably because of recency bias and stuff, people tend to talk about Patrice Ever being United's best ever left back. Again, have not ever seen him. Not for me. Like Dennis Irwin. Probably some Irish bias there, but Dennis Irwin. So, so, so good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he's a. A top top player as well, um, and yeah, I I do tend to try and favour the forward, which is why I've got Robbie Keane at two, just above him. But it's close, it's close certainly this one. Yeah, um, but yeah, I just uh, Keane because some of the some of the stuff that, that he was doing, and um, yeah, the the amount of goals he scored, as you said. Ireland don't really have; they've got a ton of great fullbacks, but they don't seem to have that many great goal scorers. Maybe Callum Robertson can be the next. Robbie Keane, who knows? Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I just think the amount of goals that he scored, and he was more than a goal scorer. He wasn't you just a penalty box poacher. He could do do a bit outside as well. So that's why I've got Robbie Keane at two, but number one. There's a big name that we've not mentioned yet. I feel like we've probably got the same one. It's yeah, it's Noel Quinn, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a Cork midfielder, and it isn't <laughs> David Myler. Oh Put yeah, it like that. David Myler, yeah, <laughs> YouTuber as well. He is, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, said, no, no, that was no. the yeah. They were honourable mentions, I think. But yeah, who, <laughs> number one, we've uh, yeah. We've not spoke about him yet, but it's it's got to be, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely no price for guessing the uh, Roy Keane. Mm-hmm. You, you, you could have seen this one coming. I think, but again, there's probably the Irish boys. I think you could probably make a, an argument for Roy Keane being the best ever Premier League player. If you're talking about pure influence, pure mm. consistency, leadership, influence, Roy Keane. Again, I know he, he's sacked now, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer, but... He was asked once or twice about, you know, if you could bring one former United player in their prime to this United team, who would you go for? And every single time he would say, you know, I've been asked this and there's no doubt in my mind, Roy Keane. Yeah. And you can see why he said that. And again, you know, he's he sacked now, but you know, he, he knows his stuff really. All things considered, I'll give him a soldier. He knows his stuff. And I don't know if too many would have disagreed with him in the football world. Again, as you said, as I said earlier, arguably the best ever Premier League player. I know some people probably won't uh, agree with that, but he's up there, I think. So by default, the best ever Irish player. I mean, what, what else can you say about Roy Keane? Yeah, we've um, we've done a few pods where, where Roy Keane's come up. So he was 
very high on our centre mids, mm-hmm. top, top 10 centre mids. I think he might have been number two, top 10 captain ever in club captains as well. And He's number one. JT was number one, John Terry. Not overweight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what other one he might have been on. I don't know, but obviously... He's that United teams as well. Uh, we, we did a pod on the top top ten teams of the last like thirty years, and yeah, that that ninety nine team uh, where where Roy Keane was absolutely huge in that. So yeah, he's, he's made a few appearances on the pod, and I think he gets labelled a little bit as just a destroyer, a tackler, but he was good on the ball as well. Like he, he could make runs into the box good passer you know sometimes he kept it simple but he never really lost the ball and he made everyone better as well which is such an underrated quality that some of these star players these days don't have yeah and uh, probably quite underrated as well is that he was the captain for so long for so many successful teams Mm. and obviously you have different types of personalities in the dressing room some players like Rudy for example obviously not much crossover them playing together but you know, someone like Rooney would have been someone who would have played better when he was angry. So he would have responded well to Roy Keane. Mm. But not every player would have. Some player would have needed that arm around the shoulder. So I think to suggest that Roy Keane was just, you know, roaring a halftime every time, just absolutely isn't true. I feel like he definitely did have that more sensitive side because otherwise those United teams wouldn't have been so consistent. Yeah. Um, you know, there wasn't an unsuccessful side that Roy Keane captained. Uh, so I think that's probably underrated as well. Yeah, and it's probably age has got a little bit to do with it, but he always seemed to get the better of Lampard and like Gerard as well. And then he had those famous battles with Vieira and maybe Arsenal bias coming in. I prefer Vieira as a player. Uh, mm-hmm. I rate him slightly more, but if you are actually looking back purely at those battles, if you well, Keane probably did get the better six out of ten times in in those as well. I mean, yeah, the, the mentality of the man was was crazy. He set he set standards that the other players had to had to keep. But yeah, as you say, he would have had that that sensitive side as well. I'm sure it just wouldn't doesn't want to come out <laughs> in in public. But yeah, you you've got to have that really. And even as a manager, like. He had some good times at the start of his managerial career at Sunderland. He, I think they were about to get relegated to League One, or was it the Second Division? Was it called back then? And, yeah. and he got promoted to the Premier League and had a good finish there. So yeah, he, he could could transform it into, into management a little bit. But I guess he was probably working with players that weren't to his level. Sometimes when you're a really good player, you need to be working with the best players because. You're asking them to do things that they're not capable of. But yeah, Keane is a midfielder you don't really see as much of these days. Yeah. And it's weird because he would, I think he would work in a lot of these systems that people are playing now. A lot of people are playing like attacking wing backs and yeah, three, five, two and, and things like that. And I feel like the, the Premier League is is missing players like Roy Keane. Yeah, as you said, I I can only imagine as a player he was a manager's dream, really, mm. because I can't imagine a, a period of football, a, a role in on a football pitch that he couldn't fulfil. Like he just he, he was a winner, he was elite end of. Yeah, and 
I mean, it's he's obviously going to be remembered for his United days. But that first season with Forrest, they got relegated, but he got in the PFA team, team of the year as a, what, he, he probably would have been about 22, 23. That's and he was playing that. some of the season at centre-back as well. And then some of it he was playing a bit more attacking than it, than he typically did at United. So he, he kind of played various different roles as a youngster in a in a relegated side and still managed to make the team of the year. And that is why United came after him. I think there was a, an interview of him being compared to, I don't know if it was Zidane or someone like that. I know Zidane would have been fairly young at the time as well, but he just was like, no, I just want to do my talking on the pitch. So I don't really care about um, these comparisons and stuff like that. And yeah, he never, he never let it get to his head. He just, he just kept it steady. And yeah, I think mm-hmm. this was the obvious one uh, for me as well, the, that he would be in at number one. I don't think anyone can, can get close to him. And yeah, as you say, even all-time Irish players, I think no one's touching Roy Keane. No, and no one ever will, I don't think. I can't see it either. No. no. So before we do our joint one, do you just want to recap your uh, 10 to 1? Uh, so 10 Richard Dunn 9 John O'Shea 8 Steve Staunton 7 Damien Duff 6 Seamus Coleman 5 Shea Given 4 Robbie Heane 3 Paul McGrath 2 Dennis Erwin and 1 Roy Keane and I've got 10 Richard Dunn 9 Seamus Coleman 8 Paul McGrath 7 John O'Shea 6 Ian Hart 5 Shea Given Four, Damien Duff. Three, Dennis Irwin. Two, Robbie Keane. One, Roy Keane. So I think probably if we start at the top then, Roy Keane's obviously yeah. number one. So there's not, for me, there's not much between Irwin and Robbie Keane. Yeah, and but, even you have Keane at number two and I have Keane at number four. So if we just level that out at number three, yeah, I'm, probably I'm make happy more to sense, put, yeah. I'm happy to put Irwin at Irwin at three and and Robbie at sorry Irwin at two and Robbie at three um, and yeah. then and then we go to number four so oh, yeah I, I, I've got to admit I'm looking at this and I'm thinking have I what I've put I kind of knew I was thinking I'd put Paul McGrath too low at, at eight how many appearances did you say he made in the the Premier League he had about 150. Okay, that's that's you not too bad. Someone like it? Given, who had four hundred and fifty-one. Yeah, so yeah. So I mean, given, maybe we could have Given just ahead, maybe. Yeah, we have Given then at Given at four and and McGrath at five because it doesn't. Yeah, I'm looking back at it. It doesn't look right having people like uh, Ian Hart and John O'Shea mm-hmm. above above Paul McGrath really. Because like, when he was there, at the end of the day, he got he got a Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. award so that's got to yeah. count for count for a lot anyway so so that's our top five who else have we got that's similar so we haven't said Duff yet have we, we haven't said Duff. yeah Duff at six mm-hmm. and then Coleman at seven I think is yeah is again a, a fair one I think mm-hmm. so now we're getting down to we've got very similar players to be fair um, yeah Sorry, we both have done a 10, so that's kind of sorted anyway. Yeah. So it's eight and nine. Well, saying that, because oh, I've not got Staunton, but I'm 
Mm. I think, again, this is one where you said he's made about 250 appearances in the, the Premier League, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, this is, I think I said, didn't I? He kind of, in my head, I've got him down as a retiring in the 90s, but I think that's that's probably why I haven't put him in my list. But again, objectively looking at it, he is a better player than Richard Dunn. It's just, mm-hmm. it's one I didn't have down as, mm-hmm. maybe playing as much football as, as he plays. So if you're happy to do Staunton at 10, yes. and then we have O'Shea and... Is it Ian Hart? Ian Hart, yeah. O'Shea, Hart, or yeah. who was the other one? Oh, or, or Richard Dunn, really, as as two of those... So I guess O'Shea would be, we've got, Ish. we've got, yeah, O'Shea eight. So it's just nine. Is it, mm. is it Richard Dunn or is it Ian Hart? Or Ian Hart. Well, I don't have Hart on my list. I would lean towards Dunn, but particularly because over four hundred Premier League appearances. Yeah. But um, but look, I don't mind Ian Hart either. You know, there's no denying he's a uh, one of the best Irish players. So it's not much of a muchness really. Mm. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go with done. We'll go with done nine. Then he uh, he stayed around for a long time at the top level. He's got a very a very nice record of the most own mm. goals as well, which no one's going to take away from him for a while. So yeah, <laughs> I think that was. I think we sorted. We sorted our ten. It's weird. there's a lot of players that are just on the the periphery. Um, there's there's people like Gary Kelly. I was thinking of. Of players like him, Stephen Carr as well, going back to fullbacks mm. again, and um, Steve Finnan was around as Steve well. Steve Finnan as well, yeah. <laughs> just, more fullbacks, yeah, just more Steves, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that, that loads in the end, and it's it's very strange, like seeing seeing the Irish team now. Mm. I just don't know who's going to come through. Like I look at Robbie Keane, and and then you look at someone like Adam Ida, mm. you think. Oh, What's what's the drop off? Where's that? And even the goalkeeper, yeah. like uh, the goalkeeper situation. Um, I know Keller yeah, had I, not the worst game the other day against Chelsea, but it's just such a, a massive drop off from what Ireland have had. I, I I will say in the goalkeeper situation, I wouldn't be shocked if we did this list in twenty years' time if someone like Gavin Bazuna was on it. Is that the guy at Man, Man City? Um, yeah, he's on loan somewhere. Smith. Yeah, yeah. He's just got into the team, hasn't he? Now, above, he's honestly so excited about him. He's fantastic, saving with his feet. It just, I, I really hope he he does break through at some stage because it's hard to see him displacing Ederson. So hmm. I hope you know he, he gets a good move or something like that. Because yeah. again, he's only nineteen as well, and Kelleher is twenty-two. He's Liverpool's second choice. Jurgen Klopp is happy enough to to throw him in, you know, against Chelsea. He's happy enough to have him as second choice, but Bazunu's still better than him. Yeah, uh, and young. He's only at League One at the minute, but he'll be playing at a good level very soon. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because I, I did think I did think that Matt Doherty would be the guy to mm. to take the step up and be the the kind of top Irish player that maybe makes this list in the future. But I think Wolves was just the perfect setup yeah. for him, and there's not really another team like that. And no, yeah. It's weird though because Nuno, he was under Nuno for a bit, but Nuno mm-hmm. didn't play him either. Neither did Jose. So, yeah, yeah he's he's an unfortunate one that's, that's kind of crashed out a little bit. Um, but, yeah, if, if I round off our 10 then, say our joint 10, so we've got 
Steve Staunton at 10, Richard Dunn at 9, John O'Shea at 8, Seamus Coleman at 7, Damien Duff at 6, Paul McGrath at 5, Shea Given at 4, Robbie Keane at 3, Dennis Irwin at 2, and Roy Keane at number 1. Wonders. Yeah, this is a, a very good list. Yeah, I've, I've been wanting to do this one for a little while, actually. Uh, yeah, there's, there's some top players. Ireland certainly is one of the best countries when it comes to, to Premier League football, for sure. And yeah, as, as an Arsenal fan as well, we've not had many Irish players recently, but you've got people like Liam Brady, one of our greatest ever players, David O'Leary, our record appearance holder, Frank Stapleton. I think all of them are, are Dublin boys, actually, which is where yeah. my, my heritage is from. So, yeah, that's that's where they, they tend to go. But where where is the best county at the moment for for Irish football? Best county? Well, sort of naturally, it's Dublin because it takes up so much of the population. But, mm. um, you know, the likes of... Donegal have always really punched above the weight in terms of producing players. We've got Is that two where players Shea there. Givens from Shea Given and Seamus Coleman. Yeah. yeah, it's it's real rural and it's more of a sort of Gaelic games sort of county, yeah. but it's always punched above its weight. Cork as well is one of the major cities, so mm. naturally you know it's got the likes of Roy Keane and Dennis Irwin. Um, but yeah, it's kind of the major places really. Dundalk here and, and Drogheda and Louth punch above their weight because we are more of a football town than a, a football county rather than a Gaelic games county. Yeah. Just the way it's, it's went, we've, we've carved that niche for ourselves. Uh, you know, again, smallest county in Ireland, but we've got 10% of the, the clubs in Ireland mm. um, with, with two out of 20. So uh, yeah, um, but what we'll say on the Irish national team moving forward is I'm very much looking forward to seeing how it progresses because we were pretty low there for a while, but it's just, I can see an upwards trajectory now. Lots of young players. Yeah. And hopefully some that will break into this list if we do it in 15 or 20 years' time. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, bookmark that. 15, 20 years to, to relook at. And do you think <laughs> Stephen Kenny's the, the right man for the job? 100%. As I said, I am a Dundalk fan. It was And it was there that he built his reputation and ended up getting the Ireland jobs. So, I mean, I just absolutely uh, adore Stephen Kenny. He was actually on a, a podcast recently talking about him on a Pogue McGoal. Uh, and we spent quite a long time talking about him. He still lives in the locality, so he lives a few minutes down the road from me. And um, great guy and absolutely love seeing Ireland play some good football for once. Mm. Yeah, that's it. And when, when you've got a lot of young players, sometimes the results mm-hmm. are not the most important thing it's yeah it's about how they play and yeah get, getting into that sort of rhythm and playing the way that the manager wants so yeah I'm, I'm hoping there's there's a lot more exciting times ahead it's it, it just feels like literally just need a, a proper goal scorer someone that can put the ball in in the back of the net a little bit more and then mm. yeah be well on our way then but uh yeah thank you Connell for for coming on been a very yeah, good episode absolutely no problem at all and uh yeah hopefully we'll, we'll have you on again soon maybe to talk about dundalk or or something like that um but yeah before we let you go i know you said it at the start but if you want to just say again where uh, where we can find your pod yeah so i suppose the best place really is to go to our twitter at barstoolers we tweet quite a lot on there or on our instagram at barstoolers pod um and in our 
bios there you'll find a link that will take you through to where you can listen to the podcast and all our social media etc nice one cheers for coming on thank you for listening guys and remember to keep it no 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 no